Time for Radio Salon. This is a weekly discussion segment here, joined by our uh, two wonderful panelists. Uh, let me introduce them. This is uh, to my right, Jung Huang, independent le- legal researcher with Laquant LLC. Good morning. Thank you for morning, joining Henry. us, sir. And also joining us, uh, former foreign correspondent and now a research fellow at the Korea Peninsula Future Forum, Ku Hee-jin. Thank you for joining us as well. It's my pleasure. We're talking about something that could be considered a sensitive issue, a bit of a thorny issue, and sort of the um, unfortunate uh, feelings of perhaps discriminatory attitudes over a, uh, a certain demographic of people here in Korea. And we're talking about the LGBT community. Uh, since the uh, Itaewon outbreak, uh, Professor Huang, uh, there has been some harsh criticism and maybe even some uh, pretty uh, nasty rhetoric aimed at uh, members of the LGBT community once it was reported by this uh, so-called Christian-based uh, newspaper that uh, uh, most of, many of the attendees uh, were going to these uh, so-called known as gay clubs in Itaewon. It's, it's a difficult issue because on the one hand, we need to put public safety first. We need to make sure that everybody is contacted, traced, tested, and isolated uh, for COVID-19, which is the successful formula that has been working so far. But at the same time, uh, we do not necessarily want to engage in a, a sort of, uh, how do you say, uh, a uh, kind of pariah type of um, kind of la- labeling of these kind of people, right? Exactly. But at the same time, the particular media that you mentioned is a Christian media, but has, you know, fairly, you know, large circulation, the daily newspaper, and actually, you know, has a long history of, you know, publishing uh, homophobic and various anti-LGBT articles. And they, you know, literally, it's kind of a foundational philosophy of the uh, of that particular media outlet. So, uh, it's a, diff- a difficult issue to kind of trying to reason with a media like that when you know an entire newspaper's philosophy is based on very conservative Christian philo- uh, you know belief that you know that they are dealing with something that they needs to be uh, you know, get, gotten rid of. Right. Uh, this is difficult because you know as a as a journalist uh, yourself, former journalist, uh, uh, there is certainly a strong ideal of freedom of the press and also uh, as a reporter to uh, try to uh, adhere to the ideals of the public's right to know. Now, the public's right to know about a uh, potential outbreak is one thing, but um, I think there could be a subjective opinion as to whether the public has a right to know about the sexual orientation of um, uh, said person who who may or may not be. Uh, In fact, where do you stand on the issue of um, privacy versus public safety? Well, (laughs) This is an issue of uh, the responsibility of the media. Um, And also, uh, we have to question whether uh, sexual uh, orientation of a group helps identify and trace um, the the, uh, root of the patients themselves. And right now, I don't think (laughs) there is a a direct correlation between the two. Of course, the, the... club that you mentioned has been frequented by gays and lesbians and, and other, as well as, uh, hetero, as well. Yeah, hetero, heterosexuals. Sure. So it's not fair to limit that uh, 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 target to the LGBTQ community. Um, and uh, as uh, Mr. Huang uh, mentioned, uh, the, uh, uh, com- the newspaper in question has been so... Mm, let's say, uh, negatively leaning uh, against the LGBTQ community, so much so 
that. Uh, their own labor union has uh, issued a statement saying, please, senior editors, stop this. Uh, we have to uh, be more objective in our reporting of the incident rather than mm. being a he- homophobic uh, media. Unfortunately, it just takes one report like that to then become viral and have the other media outlets pick up on the story and and try to one-up each other on sort of raising sort of the the, the hype of that situation. We saw that with the Daily NK story, which led to, of course, the CNN report, which led to then, of course, all the conservative media outlets uh, speculating on the health of uh, Kim Jong-un at the time. Here... uh, The newspaper had similar sort of misgivings of uh, what they consider to be so-called cults or uh, these uh, non-mainstream religious groups like Shincheonji. Do you feel there is a false equivalency being paid now to a person who is um, just of a of a sexual orientation that may not be considered to be mainstream here in Korean society and a, a, a religious sect that had been very secretive, had been accused of um, maybe even uh, keeping some of their members confined, especially their, their younger members, and uh, perhaps uh, had a, a different type of rep- reputation. Because there's been a sort of oh, Shincheonji and Daegu, um, Itaewon, and the LGBT community, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily apples and apples. It's definitely not apples, apples, but uh, uh, you know, apples and apples. But at the same time, I mean, it was kind of a perfect target for Christian uh, and media outlets because you know they've long had you know waged war against Shincheonji and they've long had waged war against LGBT issues. So uh, you ca- you can understand it. But at the same time, I think one thing that we really need to keep in my mind is that here. Privacy and public health interests actually go hand in hand. I mean, you know, the public health authorities in Korea understands only too well that we need to protect privacy of these individuals so that they, they can be, you know, encouraged to come forward and get tested. If you, if you, we let this media just, you know, out people left and right without, you know, with, you know, clickbait uh, 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 headlines and so forth, that's going to discourage people from coming forward and get tested for COVID 19, which is not, which is, yeah. you know, basically. Basically, the, the furthest thing that the public health authorities in South Korea wants. I've seen interviews uh, with members of the LGBT community who have been on, on that question of being forced uh, to be outed. Uh, it's a question of life and death for, for many of these individuals. And, and that's why there's been this trepidation of, of getting tested uh, in terms of you might be living with your parents and your parents might yeah. be very conservative and uh, uh, they might not know of, of your sexual orientation. Not that that should matter in, in an ideal world, but mm-hmm. the fact that that could lead to something of, uh, you know, a situation where they, they feel that this is untenable for them. And so it, it does put a little bit of a dilemma, but it's also a very big problem for the government because they do need to track and trace and, and isolate uh, uh, most of the potential infected patients. Well, indeed, I mean, the question comes to the fact that Uh, The problem, sorry, uh, comes to the fact that South Korea has uh, long been uh, labeled as an intolerant society uh, for the LGBTQ community, and rightly so, um, uh, given the reports by the Human Rights Watch, as well as uh, society at a glance uh, issued last year by OECD. I mean, um, uh, South Korea ranks at the lowest rung of being uh, tolerant towards the LGBTQ community just above Turkey. And that would be the lowest of the low. Um, And uh, in order to uh, 
persuade the uh, people who have been visiting uh, Itaewon in that period. Uh, South Korea has to uh, be a little bit more uh, vigilant about uh, uh, providing privacy uh, or securing privacy, assuring the privacy, rights to privacy for these people who are willing to come forward to get tested uh, for just being in that area in that period of time. And I, I feel like this is not necessarily uh, as uh, often as the case uh, with uh, many discussions, whether it's political discussions or social discussions. This is not necessarily a left-right issue or conservative or liberal issue in, in Korea. It does seem like there, there is a pervasive sort of disdain or, or suspicion or um, antagonism towards uh, the LGBT community. And it does seem to be, uh, maybe you guys could agree or disagree, that it, it does seem to me be more of a question of how cosmopolitan that said individual is. If they've traveled abroad a lot, if they have a lot of uh, friends from overseas, if they have friends who are uh, LGBT, that you tend to have a different perspective on this, whether you're conservative or, or um, center-right or center-left. And that seems to kind of color the discussion, whereas if you have been insular and, and kind of raised in a certain way here in Korea, uh, your attitude will be that um, this is not something that is supposed to be mainstream. You're absolutely right. I mean, we're living in a society where an officially elected uh, uh, lawmaker last year even, uh, said that uh, the LGBTQ members should be taken off the National Humanities Rights uh, 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 Act uh, because they are are the cause of spreading um, AIDS around the world. I mean... uh, This is what that lawmaker, as well as many uh, in this uh, country, still believe. Um, And uh, uh, they do face uh, criticism, not just by the uh, officials as well as uh, the public, but also on the Internet as well. If you are outed on the Internet, you're... basic uh, privacy, the rights to privacy are taken away. Your uh, past skeletons are brought to light by internet trolls. Um, It is a very difficult society in which uh, the LGBTQ members have been hiding their uh, orientation for decades. And to have that, uh, this incident, bring that to light uh, and be outed to family members, their colleagues, and uh, their uh, uh, friends is uh, a detrimental act to themselves. Professor uh, Professor Huang, when we talk about then this idea that the government is trying to track and trace everybody, they know that the uh, people who attended the clubs... Uh, a lot of them, and you're required to kind of put your name and contact information, right. they, they put in the false names and numbers. And it's really not necessarily feasible, I think, to expect any clubs, wh- whether it's, it's a, a straight club or a gay club, that people are going to be putting in their real identities in That's this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not able to get the initial contacts from that. They did use uh, technology uh, with the cooperation of the three major telecom providers to basically say, OK, a y we have these base points, these signals that have emitted from these areas uh, in Itaewon during those days uh, during that uh, so-called golden week holiday period. So we have a list of 10,000 
some odd people that we know have been in this area. Mm-hmm. You, you might have, I might have gone there to have a burrito at 2 a.m. You know, at my age, maybe that's not as likely oh, these uh, days. Yeah, and let's add uh, the credit card usage as well, sure, because sure. the credit card companies have also uh, cooperated with the government to right. provide that information. And so the question then becomes, okay, is that too big brother? Is that too intrusive on us as far as the contact tracing is concerned? It seems like that is the only alternative to have Uh, people to be uh, sort of uh, reluctant to come out voluntarily and and say, look, I I, I was there and I'm concerned that I might be infected and I'm going to do the responsible thing and test and then isolate myself uh, with those 10,000 people and saying, you just come in to the health center. You get tested. You're one of the 10,000. No questions asked. You might have been there studying at a hagwon. You might have been having a burrito. Maybe you were at a club. Whatever. You'll get tested. It's free. And we will uh, find out the results and uh, you will self-quarantine. Is that enough, you think, of a provision of anonymity that members of the LGBT community can feel a little bit more comfortable going forward? Do you still, because she was talking about the trolls and and everything that might come out. uh, You might even just just have been an innocent bystander, but uh, maybe you get trolled as well. Or do you think they're still problematic here with the pervasive attitudes? I mean, it's not a perfect world. For example, I mean, you know, the government is requiring that, you know, you do quarantine yourself, you know, but at the same time, if you're living with, you know, your family members and, you know, suppose you are an LGBT member, how do you explain to the rest of the family saying that, you know, I'm, you lie to them, I'm not really an LGBT person, I'm just, you know, some bystander, or do, the, do you come out to the family? I mean, I mean, it, it, even if your identity is not really revealed to the public or, you know, where, you know, suppose you test positive and, you know, cover, your, uh, you know, livelihood is not really you know, revealed online, you still might have, have to have, you know, really uncomfortable conversation with your family members. I mean, the government is doing what it can. And for example, the Seoul city government is offering anonymous t- testing. You don't have to give your name, just right. give, leave your t- telephone number and then you can get tested. But still, I mean, it's not the perfect protection of privacy by any means. Yeah, and that is then sort of the unfortunate reality of the premise of what uh, Mr. Huang is saying right now is that there could be a fear that uh, just simply stepping forward and saying, I'm going to get tested anonymous or not, Mm -hmm. might lead your parents or your um, uh, friends or people in your circle to kind of look at you askance and say, oh, you're getting tested here. Where you might be, maybe you're straight and maybe you're saying, being suspected of being gay. But then the, the, the problem is, the premise is, why, why does that matter? If, if, if someone suspects that I'm, I'm gay, why does that have to be something that I, I should be ashamed of? It could be something that, well, that's interesting that, that you would think that way. But we're not there yet as a society, right? Unfortunately, yes. I mean, there is a tendency to be, uh, to be leaning towards xenophobia and, um, uh, let's say, uh, exclusivity. Um, Uh, in regards to the uh, LGBT issue. Um, And uh, another thing is uh, the connotation of Itaewon. Uh, uh, Since the uh, gentrification of the uh, districts uh, towards uh, the uh, 2000s, um, I mean, uh, the area is now filled with cafes, restaurants, very hip, uh, um, young trendsetters who are going there. But 
there is a history of Itaewon where uh, U.S. military police had to uh, patrol nightly um, uh, with the local police to stop brawls. Uh, uh, to, uh, there was a seedy side of Itaewon that still has negative connotations among the elderly or the uh, uh, older generation of the uh, society. And I think uh, the negative connotations of Itaewon uh, still persist and that, therefore the uh, 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 the LGBTQ uh, uh, have to, uh, community has to fight against that as well. Mr. Hong, do you remember when uh, there were these other individuals who violated their quarantines and then they engaged in other sort of nightlife activities, uh, going to, let's say, Gangnam nightclubs and uh, going to uh, what are termed room salons here in Korea? Uh, they were criticized, uh, and fortunately, it did not result in a, as big a cluster infection and spread as uh, what happened in Itaewon. Do you feel that there would have been as much of a sort of stigma attached to, oh, you, you Ajishis who go to these kind of uh, room salon type places, we're going to need to you know, have a big social discussion as to um, the nefarious character of that kind of person? Or do you think the outrage here is slightly colored differently? I know it's a difficult question. But. I mean, it's colored differently at the same time. I mean, even, you know, other churches that, had, that, that were, you know, s- sort of smaller clusters, there were, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, internet out- uh, uproar against kind of Christian churches that persisted in having, you know, you know worship services. I mean, you know, uh, as opposed to Catholic, uh, Catholic church and, you know, Buddhist temples, which actually suspended the, their services. Many of the uh, Protestant churches actually kept on, uh, kept on having services, and some of them actually didn't follow the, the God. Guidelines and then resulting in some of the clusters, and there was kind of a pent up anger against that. Here, I mean, you know, in this pandemic, was it the best idea to go clubbing uh, these days? I mean, yes, the Seoul City has re- recently lifted a ban on clubs and uh, other entertainment you know, districts, but you know, to, to think that. Yeah, is it a good idea to be in a close, a close, a close space where a lot of people are shouting or singing? I mean, that's kind of a classic case where COVID-19 clusters have, have found around the world. And once you start going down that way, at the same time, as you mentioned, you know, how do you avoid having yeah. sort of you know, homophobic nuance in criticizing such behavior? I think it's, it's, too, it's very hard to, hard to divorce at this t- time. And I think uh, we have to point out that the um, LGBTQ community has been extremely quick in its, re- in its own response. Uh, of, uh, it has been uh, self-criticizing uh, as well as self-reflective in the fact that uh, their members of the community had visited uh, such establishments at a time when social distancing was still in effect. And therefore, they uh, urged their own community as well as their, its own members to uh, adhere to the social distancing uh, uh, measures that are still in effect. And we have to also uh, keep in mind that uh, as a society, we have been uh, getting a little bit lax in the, in the past few weeks uh, in uh, adhering to the uh, measures set up by the health officials. Um, so I think it is a, a a time when we have to be careful about a second wave and uh, to uh, keep uh, those masks on uh, and uh, our health practices uh, still going on. Yeah, that's personally been the biggest challenge for me uh, with this whole situation is that certainly 
it was behavior that you could criticize as being reckless. And uh, it doesn't matter if you are a member of LGBT community or if you're a straight person who wants to party. We should still be cautious. We should still engage in social distancing. And just because it was a golden week holiday, you shouldn't go to a club where you're not going to get two meters distance. You're going to get two centimeters distance from everybody. And so the the people who engage in that kind of behavior should be rightly criticized. It's just... um, at short of not wanting to be an apologist, a blanket apologist for any action that has been done, uh, how do you criticize uh, constructively without, of course, um, kind of succumbing then to this mob mentality of, no, it's not just the behavior, it's the actual type of person that that is, is that is kind of why this moral kind of failing is occurring with this group of individuals. You know, it's, just, it's just very challenging to try to get the sort of... Um, perfect tone with with how to approach this. I absolutely agree. And, you know, it's a a very difficult tightrope to walk on, I I think. Going forward then with media, and I I know we can't expect the media to cover everything (laughs) perfectly in the... People know that uh, there's been a lot of criticisms uh, in recent uh, months and years uh, with how the media has handled various uh, different stories. what would have been a better way to have approached this uh, situation uh, with this so-called... KM newspaper, I guess, is a good initial that we can apply to to this uh, uh, thing. Next time around, something like this happens. Well, I think it's not just a, you know Christian media or any kind of you know media that might have any kind of bias. I think the government has to you know keep in mind that you know, public health is the number one concern right now, and that oftentimes overrides privacy uh, interests. But in this case, you know, I think government acted in a very responsible in the way. As much as it can to protect the privacy of you know LGBT community while also waving some of the you know the carrots and sticks in, ter- in terms of yeah. getting people out to get tested. I mean, you know, if you know trolling or clickbait media is sort of uh, in the way, then you know government has yeah. to sort of uh, you know wave the stick and sort of say, hey, look, you know, public health first. Is there a silver lining that uh, perhaps this raises now uh, an open discussion on this, or do you think we're still uh, far ways away for society transforming uh, sort of these cultural social mores? I think this is a blip and. Uh, I think uh, it may trigger interesting debates, but I think we, as a whole, uh, the South Korean society has a long way to go before we solve anything regarding the LGBTQ issue. Yeah, unfortunately, I think uh, that uh, could be the reality there. And look, everybody has diverse opinions, and certainly uh, you you are entitled to those opinions. But uh, once it uh, kind of devolves into more of a kind of sense of hatred and, and discrimination, that's uh, where uh, hopefully uh, people can can draw the line. We're going to leave it. There, Mr. Huang, Mr. Gu, thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Good good discussion. Uh, Before I say goodbye, I just want to get another follow up on the uh, issue of the uh, educational policies uh, in lieu of the pandemic and how opening schools and delaying that opening has caused a lot of uh, confusion. Another listener has texted us at pound 1013-9094. Another public school teacher saying online learning is getting stable and getting better. Uh, We should wait until we can guarantee student safety first for sure, Uh, echoing the uh, previous listener as well. Thank you for all of those comments and questions. That's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Our producers are Kang Jinsu and Kim Jae-san. Our writers are Choi Kyung-mi, Oh Ah-jin, and Song Eun-ji. Coming up next, we've got Life Abroad, hosted by Na Seung-yeon. I'm going to see you again tomorrow at 7 a.m. Thanks for joining us. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.